How long does it take to be saved? John Carter was going to give the answers to this powerful question at the Manila programs. Now, because of a global pandemic, John Carter now teaches from his studio in Los Angeles. This important presentation is about the three prodigals, the Pharisees, and how and why God loves bad people. Here is John Carter. Without a doubt, one of the greatest cities in the world is St. Petersburg. Just a marvelous place. I've been there on a number of occasions. On one occasion, we went there to run a great evangelistic campaign in this vast palace of sport. The people in St. Petersburg are very special people. Inside the city of St. Petersburg is the Winter Palace, the fabulous palace of the Tsars. And a part of the Great Winter Palace is the Hermitage. Now, that's some place. I just love the Hermitage, or the Hermitage, as it is called by some people. I love it because it's the place where they have this magnificent painting by Rembrandt. Uh, Beverly and I were shown through this tremendous place, the Hermitage, by the curator. That's when we were running these meetings in St. Petersburg in the Palace of Sport. I'm just amazed by this painting. Every time I look at it, I sort of get goosebumps, this great painting by Rembrandt. I think if my memory is working well today, I think it was Kenneth Clark, the great art critic who said it was probably, let me, let me read you what Kenneth Clark said about it. Yeah, Kenneth Clark. A picture which those who have seen the original in St. Petersburg may be forgiven for claiming as the greatest picture ever Painted. Did you hear that? That seems extreme, doesn't it? The greatest picture ever painted because it is about the greatest subject. I just want you to have a look at this painting, please. It's because it is magnificent painting. The painting is the return of the prodigal son. And here is the old father, and the father represents God. God who takes the prodigal back into his household. It's amazing because if you look at the hands of the old father, one is the hand of a man and the other is the hand of a woman. It represents the strongness and the tenderness of God. It's just an amazing painting. And then if you look over here, oh, there's Rembrandt himself. He, somehow he got into the painting. How did he get into it? Well, I guess he put himself there. Um, here you've got the original Rembrandt and there you've got the Rembrandt who puts himself. But also too, you're going to see as we go along today, you've got the elder brother who represents the harsh, severe religionist. Just an amazing painting. I'm going to read a text to you. Today the topic is how long does it take to be saved? And who wants to go to heaven? I hope we all want to go to heaven. But who wants to go to heaven? And how do you get to heaven? I'm going to turn over here to a text in the Bible to Luke chapter 15 and verse 1 and 2. Dear hearts and gentle people, Luke chapter 15 
and verses 1 and 2, and this is a tremendous text. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. These are the baddies. <laughs> and the Pharisees, they're the goodies. They're the super religious people. The Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And Jesus said, You're dead right. This man does receive sinners and he does eat with them. Now, let's talk a bit, shall we, about the Pharisees, because they were Christ's bitterest enemies, the Pharisees, the super, super religious people. They were an elite, powerful group of religious leaders. They were the strict defenders of tradition and orthodoxy. They were the most pious people that you'd ever meet in all your life. They taught that salvation came by keeping the law of God. It sounds good, doesn't it? And therefore they invented hundreds of man-made laws and they despised uh, the ordinary people and they became Christ's bitterest enemies. They hated him and they said, this man receives sinners and goes to eat with them. Jesus said, absolutely. Let me give you just a little bit of history. Many, many years before Christ, a couple of hundred years before Christ, there was a man by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes and he tried to Hellenize the Jews. What am I talking about? He tried to force uh, Greek customs upon the Jewish people and get rid of their Jewish religion. So he tried to abolish the Sabbath. He invaded Jerusalem and made war against the Jews and killed thousands of Jews. He abolished the Sabbath and circumcision and some say that he even set up an altar, one of these pagan altars in the temple of Jehovah. Some say he went even further and he sacrificed a, a pig on the altar in, in the temple in Jerusalem. But the Jews are fighters. They came out fighting. And they were led by a zealot whose name was Judas Maccabeus. Try to put that down in the molecules of your mind, brother, sister. Judas Maccabeus. He was a tremendous fighter. And after a number of years with some other Jewish people, thousands of them, they drove out the hated Antiochus Epiphanes. Now the Jews said this. This is what they thought. And you can understand their thinking. Bad things happen when we broke the law. That's why Antiochus Epiphanes came and ravished the temple. Bad things happen when we broke the law. Therefore, good things happen when uh, we keep the law. And the Pharisees said, well, if we keep the law of God, and if we're super pious, and if we follow the scriptures, and if we have all these rules to make sure that we keep the scriptures, God is going to bless us. 
The Pharisees were the separatists. They stayed away from ordinary people. And they hated Jesus because Jesus said, this man receives sinners. Well, they actually said it, but Jesus said, you're right. It's true. This man, the Christ, he receives sinners and he goes to eat with them. And therefore, the leaders of the Jewish religion, the defenders of orthodoxy, the most pious people in the land, they hated Christ uh, because he received sinners. And to show that the Pharisees on this occasion were absolutely right, Jesus told three stories. And one of those stories was about the three prodigals that features the prodigal son. Now, the first story that Jesus told, which explained his relationship to lost men and women, is the story of the lost sheep. And you can read it in the Bible in Luke chapter 15 and verse 3 and 4. And I want you to notice it today. So he spoke this parable to them saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? So Jesus is talking here about a silly sheep that through its own fault wanders away from the fold and goes out into the wilderness and its life is in jeopardy. And sheep can be, my friend, uh, silly creatures. I know it because I have worked on sheep farms in Australia. Uh, Sheep are not as smart as the goats. Goats seem to be far more intelligent, but sheep are silly creatures. And God uses sheep as an illustration to represent you and me. And so this is a, a silly sheep and he wanders away from the father's house or from the shepherd. And Jesus goes on and he explains the story. Verses 5 to 7. Luke 15, 5 to 7. Listen. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, He calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, Rejoice with me, I have found my sheep that was lost. And then verse 7, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Now, what is the story? Just listen to the story. Here is a sheep. The sheep represents you. The sheep represents me in my lostness. We wander away from God. Now, what does God do? What does the shepherd do? The Bible tells us the shepherd goes and looks for the sheep, and when he finds it, he doesn't kick it. No, the shepherd picks it up and holds it in his arms, and he kisses it, and he carries carries it home, and the sheep is saved. And Jesus says, 
there's joy in the presence of God over this one lost sinner, this one lost sheep, than over the 99 just persons who don't need any repentance. Who are the 99 just persons, would somebody tell me? Well, they're the Pharisees. (laughs) They're the Pharisees. Did they need repentance? Absolutely. Did they think they needed repentance? No, absolutely. They had nothing of which to repent and therefore they were cold and austere and self-righteous and uh, unbearably frigid and cold. But Jesus here is talking about the one lost sheep, lost through its own fault, a silly sheep that has wandered far from the fold and that represents every one of us. That's the first story that Jesus told. This man receives sinners because this man, the Messiah, loves you and he loves me. This is the good news of the gospel. Now, the second story is the story of the lost coin. And here it is in Luke chapter 15 and verses 8 to 10. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me. I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, uh, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, the coin, of course, obviously, is different to the sheep. The sheep was lost because of its own foolishness, its own individual choice. But a coin is lost not because of its own individual fault, but because of the fault of the person in the house. And the coin represents the sinner who was lost in the house of God, maybe lost in the church. It's no fault of the coin, but the coin is of tremendous value to God. And Jesus tells the story where the woman goes out and she searches and she looks and she looks until she finds the lost coin. And when she finds the lost coin, the house is filled with joy. And Jesus said, that's how it is with God. There's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. God, listen. Listen to me. Jesus said, the Pharisees, yes, you're right. The Pharisees are right for the first time in their lives. This man receives sinners. That's what the Pharisees said. Jesus said, yes. And I'm going to prove that the Pharisees are right. He tells the story of the lost sheep. You and I are the lost sheep. Then he tells the story of the lost coin. You and I are the lost coin. And the message is that God loves you. God cares for you. It doesn't matter what you've done. Nothing you have done in the past can ever change God's attitude towards you because God loves you. This man receives sinners. 
But now we come to the third story. And this is the greatest story, I believe, that has ever been told. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. This is the story of the three prodigals. You say, no, there's only one prodigal. No, 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 no. You've got to follow me through on this. The Bible tells me there are three prodigals. And he said, a certain man had two sons. The certain man is an old man. He's a wealthy old man. And he's got two sons. And verse 12, the next verse tells me this. Now Jesus is telling this story. Verse 12, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me. Hey, that's the cry of the human heart. Give me, give me, give me more, give me more. Give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. This young scoundrel, because he is a scoundrel, can't wait until his father is dead. But he is saying, give me, give me, give me, give me. That is the cry of the lost sinful heart. Give me, give me, give me, give me. And so the old father who represents God gives him what he would have got when he had died. Now listen carefully. You got to get this. You got to get this. The word prodigal means extravagant, abundant, and generous. Just remember this. Extravagant, wasteful even, wasteful even. And this boy we're going to discover is the prodigal because he is so wasteful. This boy who says, give me, give me, give me. That's the cry of a lost soul. Now, verses 13 and 14 in the scriptures, it says, not many days after this, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country. Don't forget that, friend. You listening to me? He journeys to the far country. When you get away from God, you're going to a far country and it's not going to be good for you. He goes to the far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living, extravagant, abundant, wasteful, prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land. He began to be in want. Listen to me. When you get away from the father's house, it's not really good. When you get away from the father's house, you end up in a far, far country. It's a lonely place. And this young guy is extravagant with his father's money. And he spends it. And if you can believe the report of the elder brother, he spends it on prostitutes and harlots. So he spends and he spends and he spends. This is a 
picture of you and me when we get away from God. Now, I'm talking to every person today. I'm talking to every person who's watching this program. and We're broadcasting here from Los Angeles. But I'm talking to every one of you. When we get away from the Father's house and we get into that far country, it's not good. It's a place of loneliness. It's a place of wantonness. It's a place of immorality. And eventually it is a place of hunger and it is a place of shame. And we're going to talk about that now. We're going to look at verse 15 and 16. 15 and 16 of Luke chapter 15. 15 and 16. So this boy, this waster, this prodigal, has wasted everything. Verse 15 and 16. So then he went, joined himself to a citizen of that country. He sent him into his fields to feed swine. It's pretty bad for a Jewish boy because Jewish people don't like pigs. They don't eat pigs. But here is a Jewish boy, and now he's down in the pig pen. So he went down, 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 down. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. No one gave him anything. Hey, no one gave him anything. This is a boy a long way from home. He's hungry. He's dirty. He's filthy. He's a prodigal boy. He's wasted everything. Here is this boy who came from a great household. He had a great father, had a great family had lots of servants, he was riding high and now because of his foolishness, he's down low in the far country. Now remember the story, the lost sheep, the silly sheep that wanders away. Jesus goes and finds the sheep. Then there's the lost coin. It's lost because of the foolishness of others. But here is a boy who was lost and a long, 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 long way away from the father's house by his own choice and through, mark these words, through the perversity of his own nature. This is a picture of depraved human nature. Listen to me, I got a strong word for you today. We're not born innocent. We're not born sinless. We're not born pure, but we're born with the blood of Adam coursing through our veins. And this blood has depraved everything we have ever done. You read about it in Genesis chapter 3. We don't have time to talk about it today. But I want you to know this that even though this boy is down in the big pen and he's gone about as low as he can go, there's an old father in the picture. That's the amazing thing. Now, I've got a word for every person watching the telecast today. It doesn't matter how, how far away you are, there's always hope to come home. Did you hear this? doesn't matter how far you are away from God. And some of us have got a long, long, long way from God. Listen to me, my friend. There's always hope and we can always go home because there's a father. There's a good shepherd. 
And Jesus said, this man, no, the Pharisee said it, this man receives sinners. Jesus said, yeah, dead right. This man receives sinners. Jesus put up his hand and said, guilty. Yes, I do. Do you know why the text says this man receives sinners? I will tell you. Because God loves sinners. God loves sinners. He loves you just as you are. He cares for you. He thinks about you. The Bible tells me the astounding good news that Christ went to the cross because this man receives sinners. So you may be feeling pretty bad about yourself today, but I've got good news for you today. God loves you. Jesus died for you. And there's a father looking down the road for you. We're going to talk about that in the next segment of our program. Remember the text. This man receives sinners and goes to eat with them. This is the good news of the gospel. The good news of Christ. Good news for you and me. And I'll be back soon. The Carter Report is now streaming on demand for you. Now you can have the teachings of John Carter anytime, day or night. By streaming The Carter Report, there is more content for you to choose from, and it's easy. If you are new to streaming, all you need to do is purchase a streaming device. It doesn't really matter which one. You can buy a Roku, Amazon Fire, or Apple TV from any major retailer. You or a family member can plug the device into your TV and sign into your internet connection. Do a search for The Carter Report and download the app to your device. From then on, your device and the Carter Report app can provide you with hundreds of on-demand programs. You can also take the Carter Report with you wherever you go. The official free Carter Report mobile app can be downloaded to your phone or tablet. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the app. Additionally, you can find Carter Report programs on your favorite podcast. You can also watch us on Vimeo, or YouTube. Type the Carter Report in the search box. You can watch hundreds of uninterrupted John Carter teachings whenever you want for as many hours as you want. Travel with John Carter as he circles the globe to bring the gospel to millions of people. Watch the Carter classics from over 50 years of ministry and gain knowledge from stimulating interviews with Christian leaders. You now have multiple ways to watch The Carter Report. And once you start streaming, you'll find comfort in having these teachings readily available to you, whenever and wherever you want, for free. Welcome to the inspirational world of John Carter. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900 Thousand Oaks, California, 
91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.